podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another episode of Post-Conference Presser for Anfield Index. So, this afternoon, ladies and gents, Jurgen Klopp has been speaking to the media ahead of Wednesday night's late one against Chelsea at home. So, as normal, we'll talk you through the, the questions and answers around Jurgen Klopp's press conference. We'll have a look back to Sunday and Norwich and the FA Cup clues. We'll have a look at Chelsea threats, as we normally do, and what Wednesday might bring. And then I'll give my predicted formation, lineup, score, and scorers. So before I get into the actual quotes, yeah, here's what I'll guarantee you. And I mean I guarantee you this on, on this one. It's a heightened tension thing for Liverpool fans everywhere. Of course it is. That's just natural at the moment. Jurgen Klopp is going to leave the football club. So people are reacting it in different ways and what I would say is, as we always say, it's not a lecturing, but if you want the sort of the true insight, the tone, the, the body language, all those things, watch the press conference. Because naturally we, we summarise, we paraphrase certain things. So you will all have your own opinions. What you'll see, though, is people tweeting going, oh, I can't believe people are reacting. Oh, these are stupid questions. Or why people fall apart. Things that happen when something big's going down with Liverpool. High intention just is what it is, realistically. And what I would say, for, for my opinion, whatever you, I'll leave you to decide what that's worth, Jurgen Klopp, I think it was quite clear, he's made it crystal clear in his leaving press conference that there's certain things that he won't miss around the, the questions, but that's part of it. He made it clear in this press conference that he knew it was going to come up. Not a, And let me be distinct in the way I phrase this. Didn't attack, I would say, for me, directly the journalist, but knew these things would come up. And there was a few sly glancing blows, shall we say, around them. So we'll get into it because they were fair questions to ask, some of them. And I'm phrasing that carefully as well. I think some of them were fair questions to ask. Just because Jurgen Klopp gets spiky or doesn't like a question in a press conference doesn't mean that people love to tweet, oh, it's journalist, idiot, blah, blah, blah. A journalist's job is to ask the tough questions. It's not about what will be popular, what will be liked. It's to pry further and try and get more information. That's the job. Sounds a bit Roy Keane there, but it's true. So let's get into it. He was asked about Virgil quotes. I'm sure everyone's seen those around what Virgil van Dijk was asked in the open section or the open area after the Norwich game. And the group being broke up. So it's quite a long one by Vinnie O'Connor, but I understood that. Just think, are you worried about this group being broken up early? I don't think so, but it's completely normal what he had to say. 
it's clear the outside world will not give you a second. Will you? Someone's asking you, will you say what you are doing? Give the boys a break. And if I'm here, that's fine. But as I'm not going to be, we need to create a perspective. No problem. No one has to worry. And by the way, that's why I say the majority of this team is exactly as it is. But if you want to find someone who may say a bit different, you will find it. I know that would happen, as you guys can't wait. You can write what you want, but this club is 100% stable and everything will be fine, I'm 100% sure. And the rest, you have to get through your questions and we have to give some answers. But I would recommend to everyone, staying calm. Christ, first question in, we're unpacking a lot here, aren't we, realistically? So, in essence, I, I get fully what he was saying. He wants everyone to be calm. Why? Because he wants to focus on the season. You know, he's, he's made that clear. He doesn't want any hysteria around other things. At the same time, it's understandable that we'll be asking for player reactions. And, and I didn't see anyone shouting at ITV when they were asking Andy Robertson after the post-match about his thoughts and you know what, what it means and potentially if anyone's considering anything. Everyone jumped on the whole thing around... Oh, it's it's great, and you know, and but they missed the second bit of what Andy Robertson said. In this one, Virgil is a very honest guy, and we love that. You know, he he speaks well. He's a great communicator. For what it's worth, I think if he went again, he may may might not do. I can't. No one can prove this either way. Put his answer a little bit differently because he's thinking about one of the the big names in world football, the you know, the best centre-back in the world, let's be clear, Liverpool captain, Dutch captain, you know, second in the, the World Player of the Year not that long ago. It, his words carry weight. So people are going to scrutinise that. And that's, uh, that's not his fault. But, as you know, you sometimes have to be mindful about what you say. That's just the nature of the role. But Jurgen Klopp is also clear. Everyone stay calm. He's not going to want everyone to get fraught. But at the same time, Jurgen Klopp is also not part of these conversations, as he said before. So people will look at it and say, well, is, it, is he going to intimate anything? Is he going to push it? Well, it's not his job to. However, again, this is opinion. My manager's not going to want Jurgen, um, Jurgen Klopp, Virgil van Dijk, to stay at Liverpool Football Club. Every single candidate you interview, surely, I'd be a bit worried if they didn't, wants the best central defender in the world. who has got many years left to stay at Liverpool Football Club. So that's what I think is the big intimation around staying calm. But you will all have your opinions on that. So he was a, the follow-up for me, O'Connor was asking about, you know, the fans' concerns. He, he kind of jumped on this. Not, I want to say jumped on, not in an aggressive way, but as he was still asking the question, it's very often the fans' concern aren't as big as you media might think, as you underestimate their IQ. You know these things come up. It's normal. There's nothing to worry about at this moment in time. All these talks could be possible distraction for this season. The boys have to think about these things and process them, and that's completely normal. So, yeah, a bit of a, a reiteration there, isn't it, realistically, that the focus is on this season, everything else can wait. And, and let's be deadly honest on this. Why wouldn't it wait? You know, the, the focus is on the games. The focus is on four potential trophies. There's a time to eulogise, cry, everything else. Far, far later down the line. We're not getting into any of that now. Even things like contracts have to be team before players at this stage. It's all about the focus on success. Yeah, so that will come into it at the same time. Then a few questions about Chelsea, which we'll come to, and team news. And this was a bit of a, 
a positive. So McAllister Macker, as he said, is trained, so he should be fit for tomorrow. Tiago trained for the first time, which was an incredible moment after all these months. So Tiago is back in training. Now, we also expand on this to say it'll take him time to get up to speed and no doubts about that, having been out for approximately 10 months, as, as he intimated. But this, I don't know, maybe it's just me. This feels quite big. We've always wondered, and I suspect we just may never see Tiago again. But if we can get 10 to 15 games out of it, and that's not full 90 minutes because that's just probably impossible, but games where he can come on and influence. I mean, you'd love him to be in the back pocket. Arsenal's going to be too soon probably, but for a little bit. But you're thinking like you start marking stuff on your calendar, don't you? March the 9th or March the 10th, that weekend, when it's going to be City, probably the Sunday, isn't it? I think it's the 10th, the Super Sunday. Can Thiago have some minutes in that? Can he influence that game for us? It's just, it's good. It's a positive. It's another returner. So we should be positive about that. Then and again, another but a bit of a, an interchange, an interjection with a journalist they were talking to. He's asked about Connor Bradley, and a fair question, just to be clear. But he jumped in and said, Well, why is it Kwanzaa that's never mentioned at this moment? I don't get it. You always want to talk about Connor Bradley, but never Kwanzaa. You're not, and you didn't say to the journalist, you're not the only one. I'm just surprised about it. So the question was relating to does what happened with Connor Bradley offer hope to Calvin Ramsey, who's now gone to Bolton, as was confirmed yesterday? Yes, of course, but you cannot compare. Yesterday I had Owen Beck in my office, and it was confirmed he's back on loan to Dundee, and we're so happy now. And he had that difficult time, like Calvin. He had a difficult spell in Portugal, and we think really can't highly sorry of him here he came back here and he looked like a man which is really good to have a, him back at left back and ready to go now with other boys coming back makes sense and too often with Calvin he's had a run of bad luck I would say and that will and has to stop at one point so everyone can see him but now he needs playing time I had to get used to that over the years that low things don't work out always but with Connor it massively helped I get the question actually if you take away Jurgen's interjection, it was about Bolton. The the comparison, wasn't it? I understand where it was going, whatever you think of that. Klopp jumped in and that was maybe just the, the way the press conference was going by its nature. It doesn't make that right or wrong either, but it's an understandable comparison. It's also understandable for him to go apples and oranges a bit. I know they're both going right backs, both going to Bolton. And now there's a news in that, uh, that came up the last few days that Michael Edwards and Ian Graham have invested their company into Bolton as well. So people will draw things from that at the same time. But we just hope for Calvin Ramsey more than anything that he gets some football. Look at the wonders it did for Conor Bradley. It doesn't have to be direct. It doesn't have to be as successful. It's going to be really hard to be as successful as Conor Bradley. But there we go. And the last two questions, one was around the players' contracts and around Seller, Trent, BBD, have they not long to go? It's not to me to have an impact. It's completely normal, as the club knew about my departure for a while. There's enough time to do everything. These players love being here. Don't forget that. They don't have one foot out the door. They want to know a bit about the perspective, and that's completely normal, and it will happen behind the scenes. The annoying part is... You ask these important things and sometimes it needs time just for the boys to process it. And just for you at home, don't worry. 
The boys love this place. The rest, what happens, we will see. And I'm going to quickly bypass this a little bit because only those players will know what they were thinking. Yes, Jurgen Klopp is right in regards to they might love it here now, but you never know what VVD, Trent and Salah are thinking. They're very private guys, quite rightly. And even if the club had an intimation, they should keep it under wraps. It's not fair on those players at this stage as well. So what is anyone really supposed to say in this regard? It's a time will tell how they feel about their vision, the future that's presented, however you want to describe it. But it's just a nothing question for now. That's the one where I said it's some of them weren't wrong to ask, but I don't really know what's expected from that question. And then the final question was about Mo Salah and when he could return and if there was pressure on that or the pressure's been removed, sorry, just to clarify, now that Egypt are out, so well, there's no pressure on it. If we can rush the healing process for anyone, we would. Then Tiago wouldn't have been out for 10 months, etc. You can only do what you can do. Mo won't be ready for this game or the next game when he's injured. So that's Salah ruled out of Chelsea and Arsenal. I'm not sure if there's maybe been a misunderstanding and this could have been much worse, but he's doing his rehab. Yeah, but it's Mo Salah. He's the consummate professional. He will be back as quickly as he can be back. He's a brilliant healer. As we also know, it is what it is. Overall, I think hopefully I wanted to present that picture. You can agree or disagree. As again, if you want to make your own opinion, watch it. That is what we always say. But a bit of a mixture, a bit of prickliness, I think a bit of honesty, a bit of understandable questions. I do want to say that again. I understand why these journos asked some of the questions they asked. Some of them I wouldn't have done personally, but you'll all have your opinion on that. To look back to the last game as we did, 5-2. Norwich, FA Cup, a lot of goal scorers, a lot of assists. Jones, Nunes, Jota, VVD and Gravenberg on the score sheet. Connor Bradley with a couple of assists. It's still sort of debatable, isn't it, about whether Curtis Jones gets that assist. Officially, many of the main sort of your wife scouts, your opters haven't given it because Ben Gibson makes the header, doesn't he, for Jota smashes in that volley. But on his thoughts, a lot of good performances. That and we won't go into this too much because we talked about it the other day, but pleasing to see the kids doing well, pleasing to see first teamers back, pleasing to see so many scores and scorers, especially for me. It's great to see Jota Nunes just keeping that ticking over after Bournemouth and on the score sheet as well. I do think they'll be crucial for us in these next few games whilst Salah is out. And then we talk about playing their way in and out. Connor Bradley's the big one for this because a lot of people are just assuming that Trent straight back in is Chelsea. Well, the Bosley's not fit fully. He played a bit, so you know he's, he's in a similar situation to Trent. Additionally, there is a fair debate here of how can you drop Connor Bradley? Connor Bradley in his games recently, three games, three assists. Man of the match confirmed in one, arguably man of the match in the second as well. And brilliant against Arsenal. Brilliant against Arsenal when he came on. Really got to grits and Martinelli quite quickly. So how are you going to drop him? He's fit. He's raring. He's doing. Also then have the argument of could you move Trent to midfield if you want to play? All those types of things. And we'll get into it in the, the lineup predictions, but it's a fair question to ask. How can you drop Connor Bradley? You can, obviously, but 
how can you in current form for Chelsea? So that's the big one for me of playing their way in and out. And I'll talk about how I see the lineup for the reasons it's shortly. But Chelsea, we don't like him. They don't like us. They are coming to Anfield on Wednesday night. I mean, they're ninth in the league. They're 12 points off a Champions League spot. So there's that feeling, you know, that they, you know, where are they realistically? Are they that good? But they'll feel this is a little bit of a Carabao Cup audition because it's the two finalists. They'd like to get a marker on us. They also beat Fulham in their last Premier League game, 1-0. They drew with Villa, 0-0 at home in the FA Cups. They start to get a few results and especially with that Serbian keeper in Nets, it just seems that they've stopped the goals going in at the other end. So let's not pretend this is going to be an easy one by any means. I mean, threat-wise, you look at their players, you've got Cole Palmer is the stand-in star, isn't he? 11 goals, seven assists, everyone raving about him. And he has done well in a struggling team since he's come from City. Good old Raheem Sterling. People would use different adjectives than I would, but thinking about who I'm going out to. So seven goals and five assists so far this season. So that they've got threats. Let's not mince that in any way. There's threats in that team. You said the Carabao market, they'll be playing with less pressure realistically than us. We know what we're chasing. I mean, what are they chasing in the league? So you don't want to say free hit, but there's a lot less pressure. When you think back to this game last season, it was Freaking horrendous, that nil-nil, wasn't it? That early kickoff, one of the worst games I've ever seen. And even their record away from home, they've won four and drawn one out of ten. So they really are hit and miss away from home. You just hope which side of the equation they get. But we know, history tells us, Chelsea like to try and ruin our dreams in that essence as well. So let's not, jump ahead or start thinking to Arsenal, there's a serious job to be done. And Anfield and that team have got to be on it from the off Wednesday night. Which brings us to formation and lineup. I mean, Alisson's in nets. The back line, this is really tough for me. It's VBD and Canate at centre-back. I think that's a given for anyone. Full-backs for me, I don't change it. I don't. I keep Gomez on the left. I keep Bradley on the right. They've earned the right. The shirt should always stay unless there's an exceptional thing. And I know people will now be shouting, Robbo exceptional, Trent exceptional, but give them a bit longer. Give them another half an hour in this rotation. That You know, that's why we have it. Trent can also play higher up, but Bradley and Gomez should start for me. I, I am a big believer when the team's on this run. Don't change too much. Maybe better players overall, but how fit are they? What impact does it have on the back? All those things. So I would put Gomez, left back, Bradley, right back, with unbelievable options to switch it there. In the midfield, this is where you've got to now start playing your strongest lineup for me of midfielders, which for me in this case is McAllister at the six, naturally. Curtis, without doubt, on the left. And Zabozlai starts this. For me, I know people were talking about Trent and other things, but get these working together and, you know, playing our strongest midfield in these two games. And before anyone says, well, why not strongest defence, which is Robbo and Trent, I think the midfield carries the bit more weight there in terms of if you switch them to Bosley out, grab 
I'm a bit worried about in this game. Harvey, I'm not got as much authority as saying Connor Bradley's been sensational at right back, so why would he drop in? Joe Gomez has been brilliant at left back. There's more weight to that argument for me. So, the strongest midfield. We send these to the forward line. You've got to play Nunes, you've got to play Jota. And for me, Nunes, they, they interchange, which is nice now, just to be clear. But I would start Nunes on the left, Jota in the middle, and I would put Luis Diaz on the right. That would be my honest lineup. Okay, and it still gives you an incredible bench, five options. He's going to make five subs quite rightly to keep it fresh, and as we have done, but real options off the bench. That would be my honest lineup. Scoring scorers, I do think it'll be a tough one. However, I'm going 2 1 and Jota. A little bit with these two games, and we are bringing them together, these two games. This is just win. You don't have to play. We have been playing quite well. You don't get me wrong, and you, you want to keep it going. But so that time when City are close and they start having their games, just win. If you just win, you get the three points, you get no injuries, you move it down the road to the big one on Sunday as well with a little bit of rest time. So for me, I'd take a 2-1. It was a bit scrappy. As long as you get over the line in this, that's all that matters. But as I say, have a watch the press conference. There'll be plenty of tweets and coverage about it. But ladies and gents, that was another post-conference presser for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.